0: Here are the four things I'm investing in in 2023 to generate more passive revenue for my life and for my business. Let's jump in. Okay, welcome back. So today in this episode, we're focused on money. I haven't gone through this properly with you guys yet, but the Zen Business Show is going to be split into three parts. There are money, which is where we talk about passive income and investing and generating, you know, a, a greater portfolio. And then we have mindfulness, which is the core tenet of the show, which is where we're gonna talk about spirituality, optimizing your health, optimizing your mindset, and so on. And then we have marketing, which will be how to execute marketing in a digital wow. age and get monster results. So going forward, you're gonna notice that there are three different types of episodes and topic content. Now we publish it on different channels And it's all still gonna live here on Zen Business, but you'll see it in other places and in other ways. So today, it is the beginning of 2023. You are excited and ready to crush it this year and to make more money than you've ever made before. However, the markets are tanking right now. The economic conditions are very dismal. Now, our business got hit. I think everybody's business got hit a little bit. Some people I know are still growing. Um, There's obviously some great businesses that thrive in recessions, but I am planning and expecting a recession. So that is the basis for how I'm going to be investing. Now, your investing mindset should be based on your situation. And this is purely informational. This is definitely not financial advising. You do your own research and make your own decisions. However, I wanna share what I'm up to Hopefully, it will spark some inspiration in other people. So the first thing that I'm investing in in 2023 is I'm going to get my Amazon FBA store up and running with a lot of vigor. Now, I've had Amazon automation stores in the past, dropshipping stores. I'm definitely not doing that. That is way too short-lived, and it's just not a great business model in my mind. However, the automated Amazon FBA stores are a great model in my mind because One, you're following all the rules of Amazon. Two, you have another team managing it for you. And three, it's pretty hands off. So it's a great way to steadily build up that passive income. However, there are some exceptions to running an FBA store. One, it's gonna take 12 to 18 months to make a profit. Now, I am okay with that. I'm also okay with the fact that it's gonna require some inventory investments up front, somewhere from one to $10,000 at a time. So let's just say I buy $1,000 in product and I sell it over the next week, I make 2,000 bucks. Okay, I yield 1,000 bucks, not a ton of money, but that's how FBA stores work. You buy a little bit of inventory at a time, you sell it off and Amazon fulfills it. This model is, is very favorable. However, I know people who have Amazon FBA stores and complain about them because they're not making enough money. However, if I can have a hands-off store that's even generating a thousand bucks a month for me, I'm fine with it. As long as I don't have to touch it and my money is working for me, that's a great investment in my mind. Because after a few years, I also know people with stores that are doing like 200,000 plus per month on their Amazon FBA stores, but those stores are like a year, maybe two years old. So it takes time to build, but this is a great investment class that I think is really coming out uh, to the fore in 2023, these automated businesses. And it's like uh, the culmination of tech and AI and outsourcing and of course platforms like Amazon and Walmart, all coming together to create this new class of automated businesses. So I think it's gonna become a much bigger category, costs a little bit to get started, anywhere from like 30 to 50K to to buy an Amazon store, but I think it's worthwhile if that asset over time, one, doesn't get shut down, but two, it generates passive income for me and I have a team to run it. So I'm doing it a little bit more hands-on than your regular Amazon automation provider would do. Um, I do have a a, a partner in a company who's gonna be running my store, but, I am a little bit more involved in the process in the sense that I'm making some of the strategic decisions. I'm deciding on budgets and scaling and things like that. Um, there are other automated businesses that are coming to the fore that have a similar trajectory in terms of timeline, like YouTube automation takes about 12 to 18 months to really start making a great profit. I would love to get a YouTube automation store going. I'm gonna first get the Amazon store you know, up and going and, and profitable before I dive into that. The reason is, one, obviously Amazon's not going anywhere. Two, it's passive. Three, it has enterprise value, meaning it can be sold for a multiple or a markup. You know, The business itself can be sold to an acquisition later on. A lot of benefits there for me. And I've had my experience with other type of e-commerce automation services, and I think the, the Amazon FBA is the best model for that. Second investment class that I'm doing in 2023 is real estate. Why real estate? Markets tanking, interest rates are crazy. Well, I like to live by this one philosophy be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy, right? So when everyone's panicking and talking about, oh, interest rates are high and the market's tanking, blah, 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 horrible time to buy, that's actually when I think it's the best time to buy. Now, you're not necessarily gonna get a big discount on a house right now or you know, any other kind of real estate investment, whether it's like an office space or whatever, but what you are gonna benefit from is less competition, meaning you're not gonna pay anything over asking. they are gonna have a lot less cash offers and things like that money's gotten expensive. You know, it used to be one, two, 3% interest rates. Now it's like five to 7%. So a lot fewer people are gonna be buying, meaning of course, less competition and more negotiating power. Again, might not get a, a, a discount on the house, but you might. I've seen some housing prices dropping. So now is the time, you know, I wanted to buy last year. I went all the way through the pre-approval process and I was about to buy this home. It was 2,600 square feet here in, in Hollywood area and it fell apart. And I was pretty disappointed. I loved the house. It was perfect for me and my life and my wife and my family and all that. But the problem is uh, I just ran into too many hurdles. Intuitively, it didn't feel right. And I feel like that was the biggest blessing in disguise. So if you feel like you missed the boat on buying a home in 2022, 2023 is probably a blessing for you. It's probably the time to now take that money that you were gonna spend on buying a home and have it cover a lot more square footage this time around. So that's how I'm thinking about real estate in 2023. Why am I doing it? Well, first of all, I want to benefit from the five uh, core benefits of investing in real estate. One is appreciation, so the house value increasing and in developing equity. Two is depreciation, so you get to write off the the value of the house a little bit more each year for up to five years, and that will save you big on your tax bill. Tax bill. Uh, third is the... Um, potential income that it creates. So if, if I turn it into a rental or an Airbnb, it can create cash flow. And there's a whole handful of reasons why it's a great investment. Now, you may have watched a video that I made about two years ago on why you shouldn't invest in real estate. And I still stand by that uh, tenant and that philosophy because at the time you needed to put 20% down to buy a home. Nowadays, you can probably get away with putting less down, meaning your return on invested capital is gonna be higher and the actual ROI equation looks much better now, even if you're paying a high interest rate, because if I, let's just say, buy a home with a 30-year 30, 30 mortgage, I don't wanna put up a million bucks to buy the home, I wanna put up $100,000, so that if I gain $200,000 in equity, it's not a 20% gain, it's a 12X gain on my 100K invested. So that is the only way that I'll invest in property these days, is if I can get a good ROIC, return on invested capital. So you put the minimum amount down, you use leverage from the bank, and then you can take out, of course, the HELOC, the home equity loans of of the appreciation and value that you've created along the way, and you can yield your profits from the investment. But if you put a lot of money down or if you buy a super expensive property, the return on invested capital ratio is lower, so I don't recommend doing that. However, given that things are probably going to get a little bit worse in the economic markets in 2023, I am positioning myself to be ready for that so if there's a stark drop that's when i'm going to act so i got my my weapons loaded i got my money ready to go that i want to invest and I have a lender in mind so as soon as i'm ready i'm going to go get the pre-approval done and i'm going to strike fast as soon as i see uh you know lead dropping in water as soon as i see the market tanking and you know it might be a home to live in it might be a uh, an airbnb property or it might just be a rental an investment either way i'm going to get my hands on some this year and I think that five years from now, I'm gonna be really glad I bought during a recession. Because I remember back in 2008, if you guys remember, maybe you don't, maybe you do, in Stockton, the house prices literally went from like $500,000 down to $100,000. So that crash was a great time to buy. They say millionaires are made in recessions. I'm very much in agreement with that statement. Look at when everyone else is panicking and freaking out and that's when you wanna be investing. So. I'm glad that I held on to some cash. I didn't invest all of my money during the bull cycle this last you know, five years or whatever. <laughs> Kept some in cash. So now when the markets are softening up and it's lighter, I can actually activate and deploy that cash and make much better ROI on it. Because of course, you know, you're gonna have a lower amount to put down. You're not gonna have to pay over asking. And you know, once the interest rates normalize, you can refinance and, and then your, you know, your cost of leverage goes down. So real estate, big category for me. Also, just from a diversification perspective, I wanna have some hard assets beyond all of the crazy digital assets that I have, which takes me to my third investment for 2023, and that is Bitcoin. I am still a big believer in crypto. I don't care what anybody says. Fundamentally, the technology has not changed. All that has changed is market sentiment. Now, is there gonna be regulation? Is there gonna be more tumultuous and craziness? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I could see Bitcoin going even lower. Uh, That doesn't mean I don't believe in it. All the markets are tanking. I mean, tech companies are down like 80% or they were at one point. So that doesn't mean that companies like Salesforce are just going to evaporate. Same thing with Bitcoin. It's not just going to evaporate. And even if the government puts more regulation around cryptocurrencies, again, it's an autonomous software program. Like they can have regulation around it, but you could just hold it offshore and you would not be subject to any of that regulation. So the whole Bitcoin situation and scenario, I know there's a lot of people who are bearish on it right now. And again, that is why I wanna be greedy when others are fearful because it's a perfect time to buy. What I can tell you now is I've been through three bear cycles on crypto from 2017 to uh, 2020. And now today, and it always comes back up and it usually recoils about 40%. So these big, drops and all of that they're all normal i've seen them all before it's not going anywhere the technology fundamentally is still the same and it's just a matter of market sentiment they say that 80% of stock and you know equity pricing is speculation so only 20% is fundamentals meaning the actual company valuation if you ran the math on let's just say salesforce it is only worth 20% of what its market cap is but of course the excitement and the the forward looking uh, speculation and so on get people to buy and they drive up the stock price because stocks and crypto are all 80% speculation we're really looking at like the 20% fundamental value and this is where you will see it's not really going to drop below a certain support level or a certain price per share on most entities because they have the fundamentals there like the actual math works out where it does make sense to invest in this company based on its fundamentals its financials So that part doesn't change. The fundamentals don't change. All that changes is is market sentiment and of course the government printing money. So every time coming out of a recession, the government, the whole reason that they print money is to stimulate economic growth. They make lending cheaper and then people like me borrow money to invest in businesses and invest in houses and stuff like that and the economy starts booming again. So once we are through the austerity measures, which are happening right now, then the government will start printing money again. And then of course, everyone's like, oh, breath of fresh air, let's start getting active, let's start making money, let's start doing things again. And then the government prints money, lends it out to the banks, banks lend it to people like us, and you know cash becomes easily available like it was in, in, in COVID, and then people start investing heavily. And then of course, the downstream effect is that the markets shoot back up. Now, another reason that I'm investing in Bitcoin And specifically Bitcoin, because I don't think Bitcoin is going anywhere. Robert Kiyosaki has uh, been saying the same thing. I think Bitcoin and ETH are are solid. The other cryptocurrencies are probably going to be up against a lot more opposition from the government. But for the fundamentals for the big three, like Bitcoin, Litecoin and Ethereum, I really don't think those are going anywhere. But I'm putting most of my portfolio into ETH and Bitcoin. And the reason is, is because This is because it's a decentralized technology, you know, this is why they can't just like extinguish it like, you know, a fire that it's living all over the world. Bitcoin servers are these miners are all over the world. And so the network, even if you take down a few nodes, there's still tens of thousands of nodes left of this economic infrastructure. Now, what that does and the reason the government doesn't like it is because it's hard for them to control. But on that same token, because it's hard to control, it gives more power to the people. The centralized bank doesn't have as much of a grasp on everyone's money flow. For example, they can't print more Bitcoin, whereas they can print more U.S. dollars. So the U.S. dollar could become massively inflated like it is right now. And Bitcoin is a a limited quantity, right? They're not minting any new Bitcoin. So from the uh, societal and socioeconomic impacts of Bitcoin are ones that i agree with which are more of a decentralized thing where the people have more control of their money the people have more control of regulation and things like that and it's not from some big umbrella government who just is being forceful around how they enforce regulation so i think for that reason everybody who is in that camp is going to continue investing in it and those people are generally entrepreneurial they have money and they want to invest it and keep it safe they don't want to be losing value by putting it in the dollar and having that dollar inflate so that is why i'm investing in bitcoin and the last and most important thing I would say, well, actually, I'm gonna throw in one bonus one, but before I get there, I'm investing in my mind. I'm gonna be investing heavily in coaching, courses, mindset, books, etc. I read a book and I'm gonna do a separate episode on it that, uh, that I'll do next, but this book, uh, The Almanac by Naval Ravikant really inspired me in a lot of ways, but the most direct implication that I can share with you today is that now I read for an hour a day. The book provides a lot of reason and case for that. Really, it's a, it's a philosophy book at the end of the day, but I am investing heavily in my mind. Why? Because one, reading is, you're never gonna get a bad ROI from reading, right? It's usually gonna replace time that you're watching TV or scrolling or something else. Uh, the, the likelihood that you're gonna lose value by reading is extremely low in my opinion. Second, this is most of what course creators and coaches and you know luminaries all of their knowledge lives in books and i think you get a huge competitive edge by reading so i've committed myself to reading an hour a day and i've had no problem doing it once i got past a certain point of um like stir craziness and discomfort of like having to sit still and really focus for like an hour or more then go into a flow state right and then it becomes super pleasurable to read and then you start picking up books and tearing through them it's January 5th right now I've already read two and a half books this year completely through and that's because I had developed an appetite for it through reading the Naval Ravikant book so I recommend that book heavily to you but here's my reading strategy for the year I keep a book on spirituality open I keep a book on business or some kind of professional development and I keep a book on entertainment. So I have three books open at any given time. I also have no problem scrapping a book that doesn't resonate with me. I picked up a book and read 30% of it, this uh, happiness hypothesis. Didn't strike for me. Why? I've read most of the content before, so it wasn't really that riveting. I, I could have probably written the rest of the book if I had really wanted to. So I shut that book, started a new one. Now I'm reading a book on how to do webinars. So I keep several books open. I'm not afraid to scrap them. I'm not afraid to flip through them and get the insights that are most important to me right now. And here's why I differ from some, from some people, like some of my role models, like Tim Ferriss, who who says only read. He only reads stuff that he can apply this week. And I think that's a very short-term mindset. That's very tactical. I'm actually going back to the fundamentals, the longest possible time frame reading, meaning the most aged books, because the longer the book has been around, the longer the 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 knowledge inside of it has been relevant. Meaning it's timeless, right? So I'm going back to reading Seneca. And you know all these philosophy books, Alan Watts, more Naval Ravikant. So I'm going back to the basics, back to the fundamentals. That's a big focus of my reading strategy for this upcoming year. And so when I hire a coach, it's going to be somebody that aligns with the Stoic values that I have, and you know fits into this uh, this new me, this new 2023 me, by supp- supplementing all of the the reading that i'm doing with somebody to hold me accountable and to reach those new levels so coaching reading learning huge huge investment category for me this year i think more than ever i mean i used to think i read a lot of books but now i'm like i'll probably read like over 100 books this year i don't know we'll see (laughs) but uh, i implore you to do the same i think it's a great weapon to have on your side and it's 15 bucks 30 bucks for a book it's way cheaper than a course and if you actually sit down and take time to read it through and really gain the knowledge from it, like for example, with the the Almanac book by Naval Ravikant, I, after I finished it, I started it back over, just started reading it again. Why? Because it's timeless, right? A lot of these age-old principles, these philosophy-driven approaches will set your mind at a subconscious level to make decisions that favor you in the long run, not just the short run. So that's how I'm going about the the reading investments in 2023. And the last one, super importantly is I'm investing in tech and AI. I just did an episode, I think you're probably gonna have heard it by now, on ChatGPT and how it can automate the content production process for marketing and how that's just the tip of the spear. I see because i'm a marketer and a content creator i see this world opening up and blossoming in a huge way so i am going to be learning all about ai i'm going to be learning all about chat gpt and open ai and all of these platforms that are enabling the automation of business content production knowledge sharing personal growth etc so at knj we have restructured our whole business offering and we have taken what we what have been 48 line items of each project before so our standard service set had 48 different tasks and projects in it that is now down to eight and the way that we did that was we replaced about 10 to 15 workflows with ai powered technology whether it's human checking off on the ai's work or whatever but that has enabled us to get content production much faster draft scripts draft ad copy draft video content all much much faster so we're investing heavily as an organization in that and therefore our clients are going to benefit from it too because now they're going to be able to pay a lower price tag we lowered our price tag because we're not using as many humans it's easier to do with technology so we're investing heavily in ai and i recommend that you do the same so with that those are my four investments for 2023 if you have other recommendations i'd love to hear them or if you have another topic that you want me to cover feel free to just dm me on instagram remember On the website now, JonathanMaxim.me, you can download the Million Dollar Morning PDF ebook and get that printed out and get your 2023 off to an amazing start by polishing your morning routine and really getting some structure to your life. All right, that's it for today. I'll see you in the next episode. Cheers.